Today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast is sponsored by my friends at Hello Divorce. Divorce is a $50 billion a year industry, and Hello Divorce is changing that model by providing people in California with a new way to divorce that combines best-in-class technology with legal experts ready to help when you need it. They have saved their members not just their time and sanity, but millions of dollars in legal fees. Hello Divorce is a full-service online platform that guides you through the entire divorce process with a library of informative resources, how-tos and instructional videos, do-it-yourself options, and flat-fee legal services. They even have their new app, The Divorce Navigator, that guides you through the 20-plus mandatory California legal forms. So go to hellodivorce.com and find out more. You can use the code DIVORCEBEYOND for $50 off the cost of any subscription or service. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. Narcissists, I could say pretty much across the board, are highly anxious people. Where is the anxiety coming from? Fear fear of not being in control. So if we can give them the illusion and this impression that they are in control somehow and that we're not completely disregarding their need to have control, then ultimately we can get what it is we want, which in my case is for him to stop blowing up my phone. Hello and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to part two of our very special two-part episode with best-selling author Lindsay Ellison with Magic Words for Getting What You Want from a Narcissist. Just a quick note to remind you that in episode one, which if you have not listened to that yet, I strongly urge you to do so because there's some great information in there, and Lindsay started with the first two letters of her formula, M and A. So stay tuned for today's episode, which will cover the rest of her magic formula and some more tips to help you out and help you to get what you want from a narcissist. And then you go on to G in magic, which is goal set. Right. So if you are not asking yourself, what is the goal of this conversation? What is my end goal? Then there is no point in having any engagement until you know that answer. It is, it, think of it as like a stop sign. Before you engage, you're gonna stop and look both ways. You're gonna say, what is my goal for this conversation? And this is what I mean, and I'll just use the same example of my ex blowing up my phone, tattletailing, and he wants to get me involved. And I'll say, what is my goal for this conversation? Is my goal to make him stop? Okay, nope, that's not gonna happen. Is my goal to change his mind? It could be, but that may not happen either. And if I don't have a goal, then I just don't respond. 
Now, if my goal, let's just say I did have a goal of saying uh, I want him to stop blowing up the phone, right? I, there's nothing, first of all, I hate group texts. Yeah, everybody like, does. <laughs> like, it, it's out of control, yeah. right? Because you're sitting here working, it's ba bump, you know, your phone's vibrating all the time. You're like, what is going on? So uh, in that scenario, I would then might, you know, exit out of that and text him directly and have a goal of, I need you to stop. And if you have any issue with the kids per se, or whatever, you have to bring this up for them. And then again, I'll probably throw in some magic word or phrase to help neutralize his anxiety. And narcissists, I could say pretty much across the board are highly anxious people. Where's the anxiety coming from? Fear. Right. Fear of not being in control. Yep. So if we can give them the illusion and this impression that they are in control somehow and that we're not completely disregarding their need to have control, then ultimately we can get what it is we want, which in my case is for him to stop blowing up my phone, to just stop. Right. Get him to stop. Just don't do that anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And every time you are in this conversation, so, uh, just ask yourself, what is my goal for this conversation? And another thing you can do is, what do you think his goal is or her goal is? What do you think their goal is? And and that will really help you take the emotion out of it and say, okay, I see what he's trying to do. Right. Okay. And and can I align with that goal or not? And then you already know. You already know where this is going to head. And I think my my goal for writing the book, speaking of goal, is I have seen my clients through the years spiral out of control really quickly. And I don't mean going into hysterical, like, you know, loony bin. I'm just saying that I'll have this conversation. And Lindsay, I spoke to you for this hour. I felt so positive. And then I got a text message from them and he called me names. And then I feel awful. Right. And it's just the, 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 they're derailing how you feel. And this is to keep you in check. And to know that every time that they're blowing up your phone, you can now observe their behavior and not absorb it because that's what they want that that's what they want you to do. They project how they feel, which is pain and fear, and they want you to feel the same way. Right. That in some way for them makes them feel better or it makes them feel better. Yeah. yeah. And it's what's classic what bullies do, right? Yeah. But we do not have to get caught up. You call it the tornado, I call it the narcissistic vortex. It's a Hoover vacuum cleaner, yes. which is sucks you in virtually or in person. And we don't have to do that because we can just observe, okay, this is a part of their disorder and I get it and I'm gonna work on this with them in some in some way. Well, and, and so the next way that you work with it, and this is where you get to those, you know, these are the, I wouldn't say indiscriminately throw these phrases out, but you have identified specific words or phrases that people can use now that they have mapped the persona, assessed the fears and insecurities and set their goals. You have identified certain words and phrases that they can use. So that's the I in magic. So maybe we could share a few of those phrases and examples here. Sure. So I do say in the book as well that these magic words are suggestive and not prescriptive, meaning that the voice in which I write it may not be your voice. So it doesn't mean that you have to suddenly like change your personality because this is what Lindsay says I have to do. It's really giving you a suggestive way. And I also say 
you can take one magic word and put it in with another and you can kind of play scrabble a little bit and and find out what works for you and the book as much as it's kind of like a step-by-step thing and you're like well Lindsay, gosh is this whole thing going to take me five hours in order to have an actual conversation no over time it's just gonna it's just gonna come really naturally to you so let's just use this example of my ex blowing up my phone and now i know what his fears and insecurities are um i know his childhood i know his background i know the way i know some of his the needs of needing to be mothered that is a, a big thing of his he needs to be mothered through things and it really wasn't until the work that I started doing on this book, and that actually became really quite clear to me. So narcissists typically have mother or father issues, right? right. They're wounded, and, and they are looking to you to make good on that hurt because they can't do that work on their own, right? right? Yeah. So um, when they are having uh, blowing up your phone, it's basically a virtual temper tantrum, and they need mothering to calm down. Now, it's very clear that I say that this is not about enabling them and taking on that role of a mother, but you can use what you know that they need in that moment to quell, to, to neutralize the anxiety. Um, so one of my favorite lines is, you seem stressed, what can I do to help? Now, a lot of people laugh at that. <laughs> Uh, because it sounds so pithy <laughs> and um, a little, yeah, passive aggressive. But yeah, it can be if that's your goal, right? But I find that I use that phrase, maybe not verbatim, but I might say, hey, I noticed you're blowing up our phones. We're actually in the middle of dinner. Is there something I can help you with? Um, or I have said, you, ha you seem stressed. What can I do to help? And I'm not literally offering help, right? I am suggesting to him that I'm basically holding up a mirror and saying, rather than saying, you're an asshole and like, stop it and F-bomb this and that, you're just gonna quell it and go, you seem stressed, what, are, what can I do to help? And it's, it's amazing how that stops them in their track. I get like emails and text messages from, from readers and clients and that was like a magic word, it's like magic. Um, and, and you, you were saying, uh, earlier how, um, they're all, uh, what did you say? You said that they're all programmed the same way or something well, that they, Bill Eddie said. Oh, Bill, that they are very predictable. predictable. That, uh, okay. Yes. They follow patterns in their behaviors. What I find is that I use that phrase all the time and he hasn't picked up on it. <laughs> So it's definitely working. <laughs> it definitely works. Um, and um, the other one is I hear you. I hear you. One of the biggest things that narcissists, they're struggling with in their fears and insecurities, and again, their, their persona, is that they were never heard as a child. They were never seen as a child. They were loved on certain conditions, not unconditionally. And narcissists have a false persona that that they are grandiose so by suggesting that um, when you say i hear you during their manic anxiety you know driven uh, vitriol sometimes you just basically are holding up a mirror just like it's the same thing with that you seem stressed 
comment, but it's I hear you. And then you repeat back to them. I hear you. What you're asking is that I give up a weekend because you want to go away, right? right. I hear you. That's, um, I can, uh, let me think about that. And that gives you time to regroup, right? right? Um, and you can just continue to say, I hear you, I hear, or I hear you, or what I'm hearing you say is, and they feel oddly very validated and they are probably thinking, I can't speak for them, but they're probably thinking, oh, wow, she gets it. Like she, she's starting to see that I'm right. Yay. <laughs> Even if it doesn't quite mean that. It's funny. We use those tools in mediation all the time, yeah. right, to tell people who are in the throes of an emotional moment in the process, we are hearing what you're saying, um, you know, and, and Betty, this is what I just heard Bill say. So it's a very, you know, that rephrasing, reframing, um, mirroring back, very powerful tools. Yes, and I have given talks to mediators, just to mediators about you know my book, and they're using this for their own professional because of the, they're dealing with a high conflict person. Um, of course, there's the classic say nothing. Yes. Really <laughs> do not engage. That's what I tell do clients. Just do not engage. Sometimes that's the best route. Do not engage. We don't need to respond to everything. Uh, just you know, the other day, I got a, a, a text from my ex, basically him telling me what to do, which is a very common thing, uh, telling me that I need to do something, something to do with college, and I probably, I think I already took care of it, or whatever, but he loves to order me around, and cracks me up now. Now, I that used to trigger me, because I would say, you're not the boss of me, right? That's, <laughs> those are the things that I'd wanna say. <laughs> this is why I left you, right? How many times, are we tempted to say, this is why I left you, you idiot. But that doesn't work. It's it not does like not. Like, oh. <laughs> you know, we're hoping one day we're like, oh, they're going to go, this is why she left me. I'm going to reframe my my behavior because now I've learned my lesson. No, they don't do that. Ever. And it's, that's their personality disorder that prevents them from having self-awareness. Okay? Absolutely. So when we are... Um, when they're blowing up our phone and they're, let's say, in my case, uh, instructing you to do something, the question is, what is my goal for this conversation? Oh, wait, I don't have a goal, so I don't respond. Right. What's the you point? Know? Right. Don't engage. And, and if it continues, right, why haven't you answered? And you could say, I hear you. You want me to do this? Okay. I'll think about that. You're not committing to it. But then typically I notice is that they end up moving on to something else and they forget. Right. I, I, I see that a lot. It's not just with my ex, but I just see that with all the work that I do. I'd like to take a moment now to talk to my mediation colleagues. Many of you are intrigued when you find out that I have a fully online mediation practice. And when you hear that my overhead is under $100 a month, you definitely want to know more. Because of all the interest, I have created my online mediation training program that helps you to add an online platform to your practice quickly and easily. The hottest trend in mediation right now is online mediation, and you can be online too. In the program, you're going to learn the basics of conducting your mediations through an online platform and the practical and ethical considerations that you need to know. 
I conduct the personalized one-on-one -on -one trainings and group trainings online at your convenience, and I even hold special reduced-price webinars periodically. So go to learntomediateonline.com to find out more. And for those who mention the podcast, you'll receive $50 off the cost of the one-on-one -on -one training. I look forward to seeing you online soon. Stay tuned for more from Susan and her guest, best-selling author, Lindsay Ellison, in part two of Magic Words for Getting What You Want from a Narcissist. So the goal of this entire book and this communication aspect is for you to walk away, walk out of the court when you want to, go back into the court when you want to, and now you are feeling more in control. And so much of that is about uh, resetting, hitting the reset button on your spirit and how you feel about yourself and stop giving away your power every time you're engaging with this person because you have to remember that narcissists are actually feeling way worse than you ever will be. If you are enjoying this special two-part episode, check out Ready to Start Swiping? Top tips for getting back out there after divorce with America's favorite dating expert, Bella Gandhi. You feel like you're the last single person left in America that doesn't have a date for Valentine's Day? Eh, that's wrong. Almost half of adults don't are in the same are in the same arena. So get excited. There's lots of lids to your pot out there, and lots of people are online dating. And now we return to today's show. And then my favorite, I'll just give you another one, is um, you are so good at. The praise. Oh yeah. That works. Like, that's that's my magic. I was for, just going to say, there's magic right there. That is magic. You are so good at. Now, I even say this in, in that particular chapter. I said, this particular thing may make you want to vomit. And whenever I give this talk to an audience full of people, I'll say that and I hear a collective groan. Oh, like I, there's no way I can say that. It's, it's just, you just feel disgusting saying it, but it is not meant to be inauthentic. Okay. And, th and that's really what I want to make sure is that you're not feeling gross. And the reason why we do feel gross is because just our hatred and just our disgust with them for all these years. Right. But I find that really works for when you want something from them. Okay. Um, and I can say to my ex that he's actually really good at math and um, he's much more of a math person than I ever was. And if I ever wanted my kids to have, you know, if he could pick up the kids for me, if I'm running late from work, Hey, I was wondering if you could go pick up the kids because you are so good at math that my son really, you know, our son really needs help with that. Right. He may not even need help with the math, but I might just throw that out there. And again, I'm, I'm complimenting him. Or um, I have used the phrase you are so good at as a way of, um, gosh, giving him feedback, let's just say. I wouldn't say criticizing him, but you know, you're so good at um, being very, very organized but your organization is causing chaos right. today. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So it's you're giving them feedback and you're not telling them they're a horrible person. And then, you know, narcissists so desperately need praise and approval. And again, the mothering aspect, they're looking at. I, I just I find it to be just the biggest magic word because when you say it, they really think you finally get them. And that's really all they that it takes. It doesn't have to be that you do finally get them or that you're now agreeing with every, you know, crazy thing that's come out of their mouth or, you know, everything that they're telling you to do. But it gets back to that managing them, managing what's going on for them. You're, I, I shouldn't say managing them because that sounds like manipulation or something like that, which you, you mentioned. You know, that's not really what we're talking about here, but it's managing their emotional content so that their emotional content doesn't spill over to you, you know, so, and, and, and continue to run your life because that's what happens for people is they get so caught up in, I always call it the hamster wheel of dealing with the, the, even, even though it is predictable when you're dealing with a narcissist or other high conflict personality, you get stuck on that same wheel and you're running through that same process with them every time and doing the same things, even though, you know, they don't work. So that's why the formula is so helpful. But so now you've identified, there are other fabulous, you know, phrases and words in there, but I want to make sure we hit on the C from magic, which is now communicate. So, you know, why is that your end step? Yeah, the communication is um, a reset button, right? It's basically taking all the other steps. And before you go and do so, let's remember your why. And, and it's, um, it's really, it's, I wouldn't even say communicate in and of itself is a step. It's more of, it's a preparation to put this whole thing together to actually make it work. And I mentioned in the book that this entire communication so far up until now has been about you and him playing a, a bad game of tennis. Right. And he's lobbying, and I'm sorry, and I keep using the pronoun uh, he here, and I, and I really want to footnote that this is not uh, just a, a disorder that plagues men, um, but I just use it uh, by default. I think so many women are my clients, but I, any of your male listeners there, it is very true that women can be narcissists as well. 100%. But you can uh, be in this arena of a tennis court and you're hitting balls back and forth to each other. And this entire communication process as you've been involved and you're basically responding and in reactive mode 90% of the time. And then when you try to be in proactive mode, that's when they stonewall you. So the goal of this entire book and this communication aspect is for you to walk away, walk out of the court when you want to, go back into the court when you want to, and now you are feeling more in control. And so much of that is about um, resetting, hitting the reset button on your spirit and how you feel about yourself and stop giving away your power every time you're engaging with this person because you have to remember that narcissists are actually feeling way worse than you ever will be, right? If you're not a narcissist, then typically you're in coaching, you're in therapy, you're talking to your girlfriends and then what is is the number one thing we say is, what did I do wrong, right? Narcissists don't ever say that. They're always projecting everything that they do wrong and feel onto you. And then again, if you're still a codependent or recovering codependent, it is your pattern and your nature 
to, to make other people's problems as your own. So this whole communication stuff, it's like, let's hit the reset button and you're now a different person now that you've done all this work and you're the one who's going to be empowered. And I also wanna make one point is, cause I get this question a lot is, all right, Lindsay, if I say these to, all these phrases to him within a week <laughs> and in two weeks, he's gonna be on to me. Um, you know, is, is, does it, I'm afraid it's gonna come off as, as not authentic. And you know what's weird is that it's the very opposite. If you continue to say these things, you're being consistent with your communication, right? Right, absolutely. And, and then they're going to start to see like, okay, she's doing something differently. And, and in the beginning, they're gonna say, oh, you're not playing in the court with me and they're gonna get mad. And they're gonna, that's because that's a boundary, right? Yep, yep. But once you start being consistent, they are going to ultimately not like it because you're not playing in the same court with them. And they will bother you less. That's yeah. the goal. They will bother you less. I mean, there's just things that I just, there's now days and days and days that go by that I don't hear from him versus every other hour right. when we first divorced. Well, and that's actually a good point. So, and that's one of the reasons why I like the size of the book, because you can take it with you. You are not going to throw out the magic words once or twice and have a total change in your life. This is a whole new way of communicating with your high conflict acts. And so you need to be trained and get used to doing this and thinking in this way, which is why it's so great that you can keep this with you. Uh, when you're standing on the street with them having an argument in front of the school, you're not going to whip out the book and do this but you know exactly. you do it, it's going to take some time for you because you have been dealing with them in one way that doesn't work by the way forever and now you're going to learn an entirely new way to use the magic words and the magic formula to have a different process of of communicating it takes time and they may right. ramp up in the beginning that i found that often when i've coached oh, clients yeah. that they don't like they know something's different. They don't know what it is, but they don't like it. So they may double down um, in exactly. the beginning. But eventually, I, I have that same experience with my narcissistic ex is, you know, we talk, gosh, every once in a while. It's a very pleasant exchange of because we're get along great and we're good friends now. And right. and that's all we have to do. And in my life, people say, why do that? And I'm because my life is better this way yeah. and that's what I want you know the re the listeners to understand and and the readers to, to get the book because this can change your life so that instead of being on the hamster wheel of this this conflict and this communication with your ex being a day-to-day hour-to-hour thing you can regain your life to a large degree so now one thing I do you also have break free from your narcissist.com which is a program um, that you created can you tell our my listeners a little bit about that yeah it's a self-paced online course because I created this um, because I just kept coaching this on the same topic to so many different people. And I realized that, Hey, I don't have the bandwidth to coach half the world, nor I really wanted to offer, um, a coaching program that's affordable to people that, uh, would are not having to invest in one-on-one -on -one coaching. So it's six to eight modules around one hour long of the different steps that you have to take. And again, one thing builds off the other, but think of it as a much deeper dive into the book 
um, where I talk about codependency and how you were raised and how they were raised. And I, it goes into a much deeper level. And then again, especially if you're in the divorce process, I have a whole module on what to look for, um, how to find the right lawyer, how to communicate. And so much of this book, the work that you're going to do if you're in the process of divorce is very, very valuable to your lawyer or to your mediator to explain and share this with them and to say, hey, FYI, this is the work that I've been doing. This might be helpful in our case. I think that's a great point. So, well, we have gotten through quite a bit of information. We actually, I think this will be a special two-part episode. So I thank you very much for sharing all of this information with people. You know, it can seem so hopeless when you are caught in that cycle with your narcissistic ex. So this is, you know, there's a key to freedom or a type of freedom in the book, in the program, um, and in Lindsay's coaching. So I, I want everyone to know how to get in touch with you so can you um i'll put it in the show notes but if you could let the listeners know the best way to get in touch with you find your program and get your book sure so it's lindsayellison.com l-a-n-d-s-e-y-e-l-l-i-s-o-n.com and uh find me on um i'm very active on instagram so she is i follow her (laughs) uh, so at lindsay underscore ellison and I, of course, I have my podcast, Unbreakable You, um, how, you know, I've got lots and lots of episodes there. And, um, and then, of course, you know, through my book and, and uh, through your show notes. Um, Lindsay, I know one other thing uh, that you wanted to talk about is you have a special offer for listeners of the podcast. Can you tell them about that? Yes. So I created a downloadable workbook that accompanies the Magic Words printed book. And I created that actually because I also have my book on Audible. And I figured so much of the, you know, there's not a lot of space in my printed book to be writing some of this this Q&A down. So I've basically taken uh, this mapping the persona and assessing their fears and insecurities and all those exercises. And I created a downloadable PDF fillable workbook that I sell on my website, but I'm going to give you a special link to have that for free. Wonderful. So I'll have the link in the show notes too for people. Um, So thank you again so much. And um, I do urge everyone to get the book and the downloadable worksheet has to be a huge help because doing that mapping is such an important part of the process. So thank you again, Lindsay. Thank you. you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.